0: I'm here to just, my goal in life is to impact people moving forward. Until the day that I die, I want to be able to have an impact on one person at a time.
1: This is the L3 Leadership Podcast, episode number 138. What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode number 138 of the L3 Leadership Podcast. My name is Doug Smith, and I am the founder of L3 Leadership. We're a leadership development company devoted to helping you become the best leader that you can be. In this episode, you're going to get to hear an interview that I did with Gash Abibi, who is the former global vice president of Wesco. And you're going to absolutely love this interview. Uh, Gash actually grew up in Ethiopia, and he moved to America when he was a young boy. And he took the opportunity America provided him and ended up being the number four guy at Wesco, which is a seven billion dollar leading electrical distribution and service company. And he actually led their global business development, which is incredible. And so this interview with Gash is broken into two parts. In this specific part you're going to get to hear my interview with Gash where I extract uh the best his best leadership principles out of him and then in episode number 139 you can actually listen listen to Gash's story uh of how he was raised in Ethiopia and when he came to America and how he got to be where he is today. But before we jump into the interview, if you're new to the podcast, uh, this podcast is intended to help you grow your leadership skills, and we're committed to bring you three or four episodes every single month. One will always be from a leadership event we host, one will be an interview with a leader, and once a month, you'll get a leadership lesson by me. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I'd really appreciate if you would leave a rating and review on iTunes. It really does make a difference. And two announcements before we jump in. I want to let you know that we recently introduced L3 Leadership Membership. That's right. You can now become a member of L3. Leadership for just $25 a month. You'll get into all of our breakfast events for free. You'll get a free L3 Leadership t-shirt, access to joining one of our mastermind groups, access to our member-only site that's filled with extra content, resources, and courses to help your leadership go to the next level. And if you want to get more information on that, you can go to l3leadership.org forward slash membership and learn everything you need to right there. And lastly, I want to thank our sponsor, Henny Jewelers. They are owned by my friend and mentor, John Henny. They're a family-owned business, and my wife, Laura, and I actually got our engagement and wedding rings through Henny Jewelers, and they're just an incredible family-owned business that have been in Pittsburgh forever, and um, they they're not only not only do they have great jewelry, but I love that they invest in people. Uh, John actually gave Laura and I a book to help us prepare for our marriage, and uh, he's also been investing in me as a leader, and as a husband, and as a father over the past few years, and I'm just so grateful for him and his company. So if you're looking for a great jeweler, check out HennyJewelers.com. That being said, let's just jump right into the interview with Gash, and I'll be back at the end with a few announcements. Gash, you obviously had great success in climbing your career. I'm just curious... Uh, You know, what does it take to get to a number four spot in a company? What really made you stand out among the hundreds of other employees who were probably going for the same position? What, What price did you have to pay that maybe they weren't willing to?
0: You know what? You know, a lot of people think education will get you there. Education by itself doesn't get you there. Okay. You have to have the desire for education does help. You know, don't get me wrong. But once you get the education, you know, once you get the job, you know, there's got to be a desire of commitment. You know, you, you know, people, you know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, in my days I wasn't the type of guy that comes in at nine o'clock and lives at three o'clock and I've seen those guys and that doesn't work for me was a really true commitment. Of course, you know, you can't lose your priorities. You You know, my priorities have always been, you know, my God first, my family second, my, my, you know, uh, in, in, in my work third. But even with that context, you know, you have to have a commitment. By commitment, I mean a lot of things. In, 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 in our days, we say you have to burn the midnight oil. You know, what does that mean? That means number one is you have to understand your job. You have to understand what it takes to grow a new job, how to learn your job, how to do the best you can. And if you if you don't know exactly what needs to be done, who to get help from, and sometimes saying, I don't know, is not bad. I think, as a matter of fact, it's good. So, you know, people have to be committed to staying the course and trying to understand what they're doing and deliver the best value. You know, you can't be coming in at 9 o'clock and living at 3 o'clock and thinking that you're going to be moving up the ladder.
1: That's good. I'm curious with that. So obviously there was great commitment, but you talked about your priorities. You've been married for 42 years, have three kids <laughs> that are, are great. Uh, we talked a little bit about this when we had breakfast. Um, you know, you had to travel a lot. You weren't always home. How, but you have a great family. So how can you talk to the people out there who may be like, well, I'm not willing to pay that price because it's going to take away from my family. Obviously it, it didn't for you. How, well, how have you been able to keep your marriage and great kids?
0: And, and I, I could answer that in a very simple way. <laughs> quality, not quantity. Yeah. I mean, you could be home 24-7, and, but if you don't spend, spend quality time with your kids, you know that doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean anything. And I will tell you, I have a very, very good relationship with my three children. We talk at least once a week. If they have any major issues, you know, even though they're grown up and they're out of town, they call me. If there's any major issues or good things or bad things in our case, we call them. So I, I believe I've got a very good relationship. Again, you know, it's not really, you know, you know, how do you treat your kids, you know, and how do you manage your kids and what kind of quality time you spend with your kids. There are times my wife and I on a Saturday or the weekend, we don't see each other. Because our kids were involved in sports. You know, when I, when I was coming home on the weekends, I don't go anywhere else except to time, spend time with my family. You know, so I don't go to a bar. I don't go to this place. I do that place. I, you know, I did it too. So on Saturdays, most of the time, my wife will go east, I'll go west with our children for the sports. Yeah. And then we'll come back maybe on Sunday morning or Saturday night, whatever the case might be to me. I think it's the quality of time that you spend with children. And how you communicate and how you behave in front of your children is really very, very important. You know, I remember one of my bosses in Chicago was telling me, he was a very great guy, good human being, but he has some bad habits. So he tells me, he said, I tell my children, <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. And and the reason, he would be driving on the shoulder. I say, Marty, why are you doing that? Gosh, don't don't tell me I know I'm bad I know I'm bad and you know so those are the things i mean, it's it's just how you behave in front of them you know and how you treat your wife in front of your children is very important you know and how you behave with them you know are you using foul language all the time or are you are you mistreating your wife all the time they see all those kind of things it's just the whole th- you know to me kids see the whole thing it's not the one thing
1: <clears throat> it's good. You talked about habits and disciplines. I'm curious, what, what habits and daily disciplines do you have that you implement in your life that allow you to be successful at home, at work, et cetera?
0: I really am not a... In the mornings when I get up, I do my prayer. That's very, very important to me. Uh, I, you know, first I thank him for all the things he's done for me, yesterday and before. And then I thank him for the moment. Then I pray for today, for my children, for myself, for some people. And then I pray that He gives me the wisdom to be a light in the world. That's every day that I start. You know, that's very important that we have a time with God. And uh, my time with God is talking to God. You know, I see God as just my father. What I said earlier in my interview, I was angry at God in nineteen ninety two just just like I would have been angry with my father, so he's my father, so it's you know to me, I think it's okay to tell him that you're mad at him, but even though i don't know exactly what the purpose in life that he has for me yeah. so uh so you know i I start my day with with my prayer and then um now you know I've got a lot of things that i do now i've got my 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 date now is uh primarily spent on conference calls i mean uh I'll spend conference calls in Africa or conference call in India. So I do all that kind of stuff. And then the rest of time is really what are some of the things that I could do to people, to help people? And lastly, is I'm the type of guy that likes to connect with my friends. And then I reach out to my friends. Uh, So one of the blessings that I feel that God has given me, that I still see that he uses me, is when... People are in trouble, or they have personal issues. My friends, they always reach out to me, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe that's one of my gifts. And I listen, and I listen, and I listen. And uh, a lot of times, you don't have to pe- you don't have to give people advices. You just have to listen. They need somebody to listen.
1: Yeah. So you talked a lot about personal growth, so learning what it takes to grow in the position that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious on two fronts. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm looking at your bookshelf, lots of books. I always like to ask leaders, you know, what are the the books that you either hand off the most often or would get or recommend the most uh, to young leaders? I am not a reader.
0: That's You're my not. wife. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> so I want to be very trustful yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> so have your wife I'm always transparent, yeah. yeah, yeah love it. You know, the thing is, I listen to stuff. I mean, uh, I listen, you know, the church is very important to me. Um, you know, I, I... Let me tell you, the one thing that I, that kind of helped me is when I go to church or when I listen to somebody speak, if there is something meaningful that I could, apply, I could apply to myself, then I try to go there. When I was going to church, before I became a Christian, going to Baptist church, you know, for me, and I want to make sure that people understand, for me, that wasn't there for me, you know. Talking people about certain things that happened fifty years ago, one hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, I recognize the whole spirituality, the context of that. I, I understand that, but I want somebody to use that context and tell me how to live my life today, how to apply what happened there today. So that's why, you know, you know, I went to Willow Creek Community, Willow Creek Church. I got baptized in Willow Creek, oh, wow. and know. when Bill Hybels talked, he his, his message <laughs> yeah. was primarily, I could apply what he preached that day in my daily life for that week, or for the week after. Yeah. So those are the things really that shaped me. And then I went, then I came to Orchard Hill, and the same thing too. So when people are in the spirit, and they use the gospel to teach me, and to tell me, to show me how, could I, use, how I could use that to apply, myself, to apply in my daily life, that's really what, I am not a reader. And I'm not a book reader. I yeah. just don't.
1: Yeah. So, uh, okay. I, I am curious. What's, what was your worst leadership moment? and How did you recover from it? And ultimately, what did you learn about failure throughout the course of your career?
0: You know what? Uh, the worst for me, what I consider worst is failure. Okay. In my life, I have fired one or two people. To me, When I let a person go, that means I failed. I failed. Why? Because I didn't help the person. I failed. Why? I didn't train the person right. I failed. Why? Perhaps he wasn't the right person. I shouldn't have never. shouldn't have hired. So when I let a person go, I truly take that to heart and I feel like I failed. And then I try to do the better, better job the next time. Yeah.
1: That's good. I'm going to take a few minutes to talk about sales. Um, we'll just leave it really really open ended but what does it take (laughs) to be successful in sales building sales teams and actually creating
0: success sales is number one if you're an introvert I would suggest you don't go into sales (laughs) okay that's really one, one on one number two is you know understanding your product number three is understanding your customer okay and then the fourth, which is more important than anything else, is being very forthright and honest. Customer might be angry and mad at that moment because he didn't get his way, but if you're open and forthright and honest, I think that will go a long way. And then lastly, you got to know you got to know your customers, knowing your customers, asking them how the family is, you know how they're doing. You know, that really, really will help. Because the person then will relate to you as this guy wants to know me, this guy's really genuine, this guy's very good. Uh, for people, it all comes out. You know, they might be successful for a year or two, but it will come out. So my my, my 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 counsel will be, you know, number one, understand your product you're selling, number two, understand your customers. Number three, get to know your customer very well. You know. You know, know them, know, him, know him, the their family, who they are. If they're, give, if they're doing business with you and you're spending more time with them, seeing them, having lunch, having dinner with them, get to know the family. And lastly, is be very honest and transparent. Even in the worst thing, if you've made a mistake, tell them. Even in the worst thing, you know, just be very honest because the truth shall set you free. And to me, that would be my counsel.
1: That's good. Uh, Talk a little bit about leading teams. What was the hardest part when you were a number four guy responsible for Mm. who knows how many people? Mm -hmm. What was the hardest part of leading at that level with so many people reporting to you responsible for so much
0: stuff? First of all, for the staff that I had in Pittsburgh, I had a once a week meeting. Every morning at nine o'clock, we had a meeting. In that, we go It doesn't matter who's there. It doesn't matter the position. We go one person at a time, whatever time it takes. Number one, I ask them how, you know, how was the weekend? Number two is how was your business week last week? Tell us the good, bad, and ugly. To me, that will connect you with your people. That you're not. And the second thing is treat them the way you want to be treated. Okay. The third thing that I expect from all my managers, you know, remote or otherwise, is I empower them to do the job. I give them what they need, to, what needs to be done. We agree, but after that, I empower. Them. I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, micromanage. But if they fail me, then there will be a discussion. But people like to be given the opportunity to succeed. A lot of people don't, don't you know, don't want to look over their their, their, their shoulders. So I empower my people to do the job. I will have a conference call with them on a monthly basis. I have, a, I have what I call a dashboard on the business metrics, you know, the report on the business metrics. If there are areas that they haven't, de- haven't done a good job, if they haven't done a good job, we'll talk about it. But I would never belittle a guy in front of the crowd. If I have an issue with a person, then, you know, I wouldn't do that with the staff. I'll just pull the person aside then we'll have a chat. So those are the things really that I did.
1: Yeah, I'm just curious. So I'm sure there was enormous amounts of pressure, at least at some points, mm-hmm. right? Responsible for everything. Yeah. How did you deal with the pressure? So you don't explode on your team? Yeah. You know, did you was working out helpful? Do you not get stressed?
0: I would say, and you know, Doug, you and I have talked about it. You know, even now today, I get up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm in the gym by quarter to five. I leave the gym quarter to eight. Workout helps. And being really in tune with God, in tune with the Bible helps. Because, you know, if you truly are in the Word, that will help you. And also being, uh, to me, I, my daughter calls me gym rat. Uh, going to gym and physical exercise helps. And I always, even though when the heat comes from the top, I always protect my my guys. I never showed them what's happening.
1: That's good. Just... Open-ended question. What have you learned about making money? So you you came from a thorough country where Mm -hmm. literally had nothing, and now you've been successful financially. Uh, What have you learned about actually having money, the good, the bad, the ugly?
0: You know, we know money is the root of of all evil. We know that, right? Uh, One is I want to make sure that I – support my family, I support my kids, that uh, that I'm, you know, in a, in a very professional way, not a spoiling way. Number two is, you know, we've been, you know, we've been instructed, you know, through the Bible, that we know that we have to do the giving and the tithing to the church. Thirdly, my wife and I, you know, uh, have a, several causes that we help that that really, really means a lot to us. And really, lastly, is really um, live the life. You know, we have not changed our lifestyle, you know. Uh, so we want to be very humble. We want to be very gracious to what the Lord has given us. But at the same time, also, be you know, okay. get some help from people that are grounded, Christian people that helps us with our investment. So that's very, very key. But at the end of the day, it really is, you know, I'm no different than anybody else. You know, whether a person has more money than I do or I have more money than somebody else. You know, I am, you know, I am a creature of God. So, you know, if you're really grounded to who you are, to who you need to be, you know, I think you would be fine. Where the issue is, you know, people say, you know, my next door neighbor has this, so I should do better than that. Uh, my brother has this, so if my brother has that, you know, you know I should have a better one. My brother has a, a Mercedes Benz, so I should have a, a something better. So, you know, if you live that kind of lifestyle, you know, you're gonna have an issue. But if you live a modest style, you know, always in the word, and you know, you'll be doing just do fine, and then get some good counsel. That's good. Uh,
1: just want to talk about young leaders. Um If you had any advice just open ended so when a young guy comes in or even if your kids came to work for you today, what advice would you give them to set them up for their their career?
0: I come from an old school. I have a very very big issue when a person wants to come in you know when if the work hours is from eight to five when a per comes when a person comes in at nine o'clock and it's at four o'clock, I've got an issue okay. Uh, I have an issue if a person doesn't take responsibility to what or he or she is doing. Okay. I have an issue if the person is really not finishing the, the functions or the jobs that has been given to get, get them done. So to me, uh, those are the things that I have an issue with. So what does that mean? That means that you know, for the young leaders is number one is be an example to your employees. You know, make sure that you don't use the word the analogy do as I say nor as I do you know, you, should, you know they should follow you based on what you do and how you do it and you should be an example to your, uh, to your followers
1: that's good and it may just be the opposite of everything you just said but where do you see young leaders miss it the most often you just want to I think it's opposite. It. yeah yeah, yeah. So. alright I just want to close with a few personal questions um, if you can go back and have coffee with 20 year old Gash what would you tell him <laughs>
0: I honestly will tell you, if I have to live my life all over again, I wouldn't change a thing. Because, don't get me wrong, I learned a lot through life, you know, not knowing God, and then through all the trials and tribulations that I had in my life, that every step of the way, when I re- reflected back, that His hands were on me, He was watching me. He was saying, "My son, my son, I'm not going to let you go anywhere. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to protect you." He said, "When a young man comes from Africa, when you don't have your mother, your father, any relatives protecting you, and taking care of you, watching what you're doing, and when you, you know, when I, you know, being where I'm at today, it has to be. It, no, it's not. It is the power of God. God loved me and He took care of me. So, you know, that's to me, that's my story.
1: I like that. What?" Uh, what are you most proud of up
0: to this point in your life? Wow. Actually, I'm proud of my children. Uh, I'm proud of my two boys the way they they they, they view their the wives, how they treat the wives, and how they support their wives. And I'm proud of my two boys. My daughter's not married. Two boys, how they take care of their children. You know, that's really what I'm proud of. And my daughter. She's a lovely one, and I'm so proud of her to what she does. She's a very successful person as well. So I'm proud of my children.
1: Yeah. And then last question, and I'll just leave it open-ended mm-hmm. if you want to say anything. So looking back on your life, if you had to have your kids and, and wife say anything about your life at your, at your funeral at the end of your life, what would you want said say about you?
0: At my funeral? I'll tell you. I, as a matter of fact, my wife and I have talked about my funeral. I, said, you know, I told her, I said, if I die before you, and I told my kids to, in my casket, I want to make sure there's a cigar in my mouth and a smile. Just make sure they do that. And then there should be a sign at the back that said, I had a great life and no regrets. I love it. And I've told them that. Really, I, I you know, did I go through issues? Or my Yeah, but you know what? When I look back, I had a great life. And thank God for that.
1: Yeah. Anything else you want to leave us with, just?
0: No, just I'm here to just. My goal in life is to impact people moving forward until the day that I die. I want to be able to have an impact on one person at a time.
1: That's great. Well, thank you for impacting me through this, and yeah. uh, and thank you for everyone that it listens yeah. as well. No Appreciate problem. Thanks, yes. Gash. Yep. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Gash. You can find ways to connect with him at l3leadership.org forward slash episode 138. And I want to thank our other sponsor, BAB Inc. They're an insurance broker, third-party administrator, and consulting firm right here in Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, and they do business all around the country. And they host our monthly leadership breakfast. They're owned by my friend, Russell Livingston. And they are very passionate about developing next generation leaders. But if your company has any insurance needs, check them out at, on the web at babbins.com. That's B-A-B-B-I-N-S.com. And lastly, if you want to stay in touch with us and everything we do here at L3 Leadership, just simply go to our website and you can sign up for our email list, and you'll get a free copy of my ebook, Making the Most of Mentoring, which is my step by step process.